Ladies and gentlemen, from the depths of flyover country in the heartland of America, the Kansas City on the other side of the mighty Mo, welcome to Hitting the Bricks with Kathleen, the genealogy show that features your questions and her answers. I am John, your humble hubby host, and on this episode, we'll be talking to Stephanie Holthouse of the Show Me State via the Lone Star State and literally just down the street. So, let's start Hitting the Bricks. Kathleen, today uh, we are here with Stephanie Holdhouse. And Stephanie actually is a neighbor, isn't she? Stephanie, you live just a few stores down and across the street. I'm really happy that some of the neighbors have asked to be on the podcast. Well, Stephanie, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> oh, you want me to do that part? <laughs> Not, John was supposed to do okay. that part, but that's okay. <laughs> Stephanie, okay. I, again, it's been over 10 minutes. It's our last one, and so I've completely forgotten my part. Stephanie has questions. I'm sure you guys have talked. We're looking at some Greece research. Yeah. That is correct. Oh, fun. I'm so interested in some research about my grandfather, Peter Const- Constantine Chopolis. Um, if anybody else shows up in the family tree, that would be great, too. Stephanie, I had a couple questions. Did your grandparents speak Greek in the house, and did your oh, mother absolutely. speak Greek? Mother's first language was Greek. She was the oldest child. And so Greek was always around, she was always around Greek speaking. Okay, perfect. Uh, Stephanie, you too were uh, raised in Texas, is that correct? That is correct. And John, uh, one of the podcasts that Stephanie commented on was the one about the Texas and the camels. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that, that lovely little tidbit about how we imported camels for the first time on. That's right. Yeah, that is one of the topics that Texas students always learn. Because oh, we good. get a full, full book a load of Texas history in elementary and junior high and high school. <laughs> and I can tell you in Kansas, we did not learn about the camels. However, in our neighborhood in central Kansas, we did have camels in uh, Nickerson, Kansas. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when they came in, but I think I was older. Yeah. And around the corner from us, Stephanie, we have a camel farmer. That's what I understand. Yes. That's really interesting, isn't it? Yes. She's very involved, uh, again, from Kansas with the camel farm. Kathleen, the, the camels that came in with you, did they have like Ringling Brothers written on the side? They or? did not. They were actually in a field and there's also some ostriches is that how you say the plural of ostrich ostrich eye Ostrichi? No, I don't think so, John. And they had um, alpaca, I want to say, some alpaca. Yeah, sure. So anyway, John, we're going to talk a little bit today uh, about Stephanie's two questions. Yes, I have a booklet that you gave me on notes. Because Stephanie was testing my... This is a multi-page notebook. Stephanie was testing me on Mm -hmm. what could I tell her about Greek research. And we've done Mm -hmm. quite a bit of Greek research at genealogy and it has changed over the years. So I'm going to give her some hints. Her first question was, is there a way for her to learn her maternal grand, her maternal, okay, let's try it again. One more time. Stephanie, what is your first question? (laughs) (laughs) It's been so long, I forgot. No, um, how do I go about learning where and when my grandfather was born and the circumstances under which he immigrated probably in 1895 
if I'm correct. That is correct. So that was one of her questions. And the second question we're going to also address is to talk about her DNA cousin match. He is of Turkish descent. Right. Or mm. So she had a question on that also. So let's get started. First of all, Stephanie, tell me, what do you know about your maternal grandfather? Uh, well, my papu, that's Greek for grandfather. My papu came to this country in 1895, and he came through the port of New York. He did not come through Ellis Island because Ellis Island wasn't open at that time. He found his way to Galveston, Texas after a few years, I guess, in New York where he worked. And then he got together with some other Greek young men and they went to Galveston, Texas because they understood that there were openings in restaurants there. And he worked there and he was there in 1900 when the flood of Galveston occurred. And oh, that's he, interesting. He told Mother that he was on one of the few buildings that actually survived, and he watched with his friends these bodies washing by. Wow. You know, and it was a terrible, terrible thing. And uh, he also told Mother that he vowed that he would never go back to Galveston, and he never did. Stayed in Dallas for the rest of his life. And did your mother ever mention what his first name was? Yeah, Peter. And she actually used the word Peter, not Pete. I think that his restaurant in Stanford was called Pete's Kitchen. Okay. But he, yeah, well, she always referred to him as dad or daddy. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so there's a few things, John, that's interesting about Stephanie's family. And one is her mother had three brothers in the military that's and right. one passed away. Yeah. And um, which military? The army. Well, World War Two. World War Two is the war. In, in the U.S. Army. U.S. Army. Services. Yes. Okay, I'm just making sure we're in this. <clears throat> All yes. the children were born here. Okay. Yeah. Although Tally is buried in the American Military Cemetery in the Philippines, in Manila. Who, who was buried in the Philippines in Manila? Uncle Tally. Un Uncle Tally. Yeah. And there is also a John yeah. who is in the military. Yeah. And for some reason, his records and a lot of family information is at the University of Central Arkansas. Can you that tell me why? Why is it there? Because Uncle John accumulated a lot of memorabilia about the uh, 8th Army Air Force, which is what he was in. He was a radio man, and he flew something like 31, 32 sorties. We call them sorties or attacks. Mm -hmm. And survived, barely. And he, when he got out, of course, he went to Baylor and got a degree in journalism. But after he retired, he decided he was going to collect memorabilia about the 8th Army Air Force. And he accumulated all of these things. So he had to have a place to store them. And the uh, university in central Arkansas said that they would give him a room. And they did. And he's got all these boxes. When he died in uh, 2019, four years ago, the family tried to give some of the things to central Arkansas. And they said, oh, please, no, we're out of room. We can't take anymore. So wow. we had to figure out something else to do with those books and papers. But we so did. one of my questions is, have you actually been able to go through that collection? No, I haven't. 
And there's one or two or several Mm -hmm. letters that he wrote to your mother. Yeah. I'm sure. And I can see quite a few on their catalog. So I am going to suggest also that you can look at that and see if maybe he didn't get some information from his parents that might even give us some more hints than what I'm going to mention in a few minutes. That was a long way around, John, me talking about uh, another place to go for Stephanie. But her first question being, who is Pete Chopalas, her maternal great-grandfather, led me on a fun trip. Stephanie provided us with a naturalization record, and it was the final papers. It did not carry the first papers. And Stephanie, I don't know if you know what the first papers gives a little information, and it's what we're looking for when we're doing Greek research is the earliest records we can find in America first, because Mm -hmm. we have to have his original spelling or original reference of his name. Mm -hmm. A couple things that you said, I'm going to kind of correct it and explain why I'm correcting it. Okay. He did come in this ship in 1895, and this is all on his naturalization records. Right. And it does say he came in the port of New York, and that really was Ellis Island. Ellis Island opened in 1892. January 1, the first little Irish girls walked off of it. And that is really where we found some of the additional information was through those records and through the ship records. And the way I found this information was totally convoluted, Stephanie. As you had mentioned to me when we talked earlier, the the paper is really hard to read. And you were trying to point out names and things that you could pick out on this naturalization record. And what I did is I tried to find a cleaner copy to make my job easier for you. However, I failed. And the reason is because Jones County District Court has no record of any of their naturalization records, and they're not where they should be, which is in Angelo, Texas, at that repository, and they're not with the state archives. So what I did is I went well, this Hang on a record. second. I'm going to give you a break because that doesn't sound like you failed. You just didn't find them. That's correct. But I don't want you to take that on as a failure, huh? Well, thank you, John. That's very sweet of you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to come by and see you weeping in your room that you failed. I mean, they I just weren't failed. in the place they should you, have been. I probably called about 10 places, however, looking for these records because I was determined to find them and I never did. They just weren't in the place where you were looking. It's like the car keys for me and socks and, you know, Chewy's leash. It's just right. I fail. I just haven't found them. They weren't okay. in the place they should be, right? That's correct, John. Okay. And so Stephanie, please please continue. (laughs) So Stephanie, what I did do is decipher your paper, the naturalization record. And Kathy, not sure what happened. I can hear you. Yeah. She bumped into something because it lost the full connection. Well, we can discuss this, John, (laughs) while we're doing it. I take it she's in another room. She's in her office. I'm in mine. There we go. Hi. Hi, I kind of welcome, that. welcome back, Kathleen. I kind of forgot to plug in the power to my system. <laughs> I ran so out of it's been working huh? on a battery. So I'm going to talk about the naturalization record and what it tells us. The biggest key that I got, <laughs> Stephanie, for wait a minute, was what? off of the naturalization record that she gave me. Oh, okay. 
was both the date he came into New York and the line he came in on. Yeah. And from that, I could trace him to being on a ship manifest. Right. And it is actually him. His name is Panayoti Kopolas. Panayoti, is that how you pronounce it in Greek? Panayoti. Uh-huh. And that does mean Peter. Right. And Kopolas was spelled with a K on the original ship record. K-O-P-E-L-A-S? That's correct. Copolis, huh? Yep, Copolis. So that is where we found him using the October 31st, 1895 uh, ship date that was on his naturalization. And he even told us he came in on the Fabrolinia, which is the a French line, actually. Supposedly, he stopped in Marseille. France and also maybe Italy. That information is online. And I used Stephen Morse's ship records, M-O-R-S-E, and then you use it in conjunction with other ship records. I used the one at the uh, Ellis Island website, but I believe the same is at Ancestry.com. And I was able to find him using that date. So I said that was the biggest key. He said that his destination was Lowell. L-O-W-E-L-L. Massachusetts. Exactly. That's why I was so excited to find it, because I had already found some other tropas in Massachusetts. Yeah. And they all do seem related. Yeah. And it seems like he might have had a brother named, he had two other brothers that are Christos and George. And there are quite a few families there. And so when we find them all in Massachusetts, except he disappears, as he tells us on his naturalization record, he doesn't stay there. He goes to Texas, as mentioned, Mm -hmm. and sets up business. In general, his records all say Pete, not Peter. And that's what I don't know, because I do not have where he would have made his legal name change would have shown up on the paperwork that I was looking for. But what did come up was his mother and father's name. Oh, good. And I am not supposed to be doing this much research, John, I know. But in this case, with Greek research, I can't get Stephanie on the right page if we don't have at least the right names of the family. Yeah. She can't go to do anything in Greece at all. And it has has nothing to do with your obsession on research. I understand that. It has nothing to do with that obsession. This is purely because Stephanie needed, yeah. I I was doing it for Stephanie. I understand. And And so, Stephanie, you did mention that your mother had these uncles, Mm -hmm. but you didn't remember the really the names. Is that correct? Well, the only uncle that we knew of was Uncle Spiro, but he was a Vitsuris. He was grandmother's brother. Oh, okay, okay. So these Chopolas stayed in Lowell, Uh and in Lowell is a Trinity Orthodox church. Okay. But guess what's also in Dallas? And guess who married your grandparents? I have no idea. The Greek Orthodox Church. Well, yeah. And it's also Trinity. Right. And they had their second biggest branch. Actually, one of them was in Louisiana who married them. He came up to Dallas and married them. 
Father Barentina. And then they were very active in the Hellenic community right there in Dallas. And so by following that migration path, I was able to get quite a bit of information. The interesting part about it is that I failed Uh-oh. to get the Orthodox Church to give me the marriage records or more information. <laughs> we can see the basics, but we know they have more. Mm. But the parents' names were found through the brother of Pete, Christus. Yeah. His marriage record name, Ephrosina Mazzara. And Ephrosina. Stephanie, know that you will get all of my notes. I will write it up for you. In- <laughs> Thank you. But it's Ephrosina Mazzara. And Anastasio Choplas, uh-huh. that's the father. And according to Christos, we did not see him on other records. But just like I did that on Christos, you need to go back to the Lowell records and see if there's more information on George. And not only in Lowell, they're in that whole community, which is a very strong Greek community like Dallas. Wow. Yeah, That was one of the questions you actually asked, and that should get you started in which town were they living in in Greece uh in Greece Stephanie Megalopolis Megalo- he yeah he's from Megalopolis yes Megalopolis so that will get you started with the Megalopolis records okay the problem is most of those records are in Greek Right. When I, I first <laughs> right. When I, I first started doing genealogy, all of those records were in Greek. We now have some of them that are indexed. Well, good. So I will give you a list of places you can go. My heritage has a few on their webpage. The woman is extremely hard to find because everything is male based. Hmm. But there are the things like the voter records, but marriage records you might be able to find on GreekAncestry.net. You're nowhere ready to go to Greece. We want to make sure that Christos, he was a brother, not a cousin. Yeah. Cindy's list, if you go on it, it will give you a whole list of Greek resources. What is Cindy's list? I've never Cindy heard of that. Cindy actually is a person and that okay. I, I used to sit at tables with her at conferences and she comes up with these wonderful lists of resources. It does not tell you your answers. It tells you where to go. It just, yeah. and so we use the, her list a lot. If I'm looking for any record, I might search her site first, yeah. you know, and make a checklist from that. And thanks for asking that, John. Does she have a WW on it? W? It's C-Y-N-D-I-S. Are you going to include it in your... It will be, it will okay. actually be in the show notes. I don't want you to think it's one list. It's many, many, many lists on oh. every topic that's tied to genealogy that you'd ever want. Neat. Wonderful. Very neat. Yes. So there are quite a few record places that I do think that you should go to. And one is all of the Hellenic societies, both in Massachusetts and Texas. Often they have bios written up yeah. for their members. That would be a lot of help, especially if you can get an early one for even Christos and, and George that might name all of their siblings, even the yeah. ones behind in Greece. You also will want to look into the Trinity Church again and 
try them again, uh, especially the one in Dallas, because they should have more on your direct line. They should have my baptismal record. Yes, it should. But she wasn't sure that they even had any baptismal records. Oh, really? Yes. But again, it might be easier if you're saying this is for me. Yeah. Crystal's return to Greece. So he has a passport. A copy of the passport or a site of the passport might be at the federal. It should be on the federal level, but we do not have a copy of it. But again, you can also go to my webpage, A3 Genealogy. Mm-hmm. And that blog page will guide you on ways to get passport if you just search for passport. And how do we find that blog page, it's, Kathleen? Thank you, John, for asking. It's a3genealogy.com. And if you go to the right side of that page, you'll see blog and it's links right to it. Or you can just Google blog A3 Genealogy and you can access it. Well, thank you so much, Kathleen. Thank you, Kathleen. He's teasing me, Stephanie, because I mentioned my, my, my web page on everything. <laughs> she mentions it during dinner, too. So it's, it's not just for the podcast. Oh, no, why did me. the two of you communicate via me? She texts me during dinner and says, check the, uh, check the blog for the menu. <laughs> so, Stephanie, also, there is a great guy who does great research that I have relied on for years. His name is Gregory Contos, K-O-N-T-O-S. And I'm going to send you a link to his video that is really good uh, of how to do your Greek research. Okay. Any sort of DNA in this case, or are we... We actually do. Mm-hmm. Stephanie does have her DNA on 23andMe, at least. Do you have other places, Stephanie, that you put up your... No, that's the only one. She has a Turkish cousin. Let's just call him Essen. And he and she have been trying to figure out how they're related. Right. And if you've read much about about Greek and Turkey, you would know the convoluted history that they have. And there are some good books out there on it. Essen actually did give me some titles to look into. Apparently his grandmother, who was Greek and they didn't know about it until she died, was one of those that uh, eloped with her Turkish lover. Mm-hmm. He was a postmaster on an island somewhere in the Aegean. And uh, they settled in Turkey about the time of are just before World War One, right? And you know, most Greeks DNA will have Italy or Albania or Bulgaria or Turkey in it. There's right. one book that I really love: "Twice a Stranger: The Mass Expulsions That Forged Modern Greece and Turkey." Right. It's by Bruce Clark. Right. One of the reasons I liked it is because it was well cited and sourced. Mm-hmm. And it also told you the history. So you can actually kind of understand why you and Essen are going to be related somehow. Right. Unfortunately, using your DNA, it is five generations, okay. which means mm-hmm. that you are looking for a the most recent common ancestor being a third great grandparent. Yeah. In this case... We've only gone back one great grandparent. So you would have to flesh out your history and his family. Yeah. Yeah. The other way to do it is using all the other DNA matches. Uh That would make me excited until I saw yours that have very few, if any, Greek matches. 
You and Essen do not match on the haplogroups, of course, that tells me that it's not his mother, your mother aren't related, you know, aren't directly related, but also not on the X chromosome. So at this point, we take the fan charts of DNA, the one that's a half circle, yeah. Fill it out on both you and he as far as you can. Uh-huh. And then there are a lot of the people that you can just delete. You can delete your entire father's side. We can delete everyone <laughs> who's on the same X for right now. And through the process of elimination, you can determine a little bit more and then wait for more DNA matches to come up. <laughs> okay. And according to the Greek records in the Greek archives, they don't have enough archival records at this point where you really can go five generations back. They're pretty much only four generations back. Uh, I see. Mm. Okay. Well, that's interesting. But I still want you to build out your trees, Stephanie, just because I think all people should have their trees built out. And Oh, sure. It has nothing to do with anything else. <laughs> it's just feeding my needs. It's just that you want us all to be researchers just like you. Adding into it. Add into it. Add, <laughs> just put a little bit in there. So what I have left me is looking again for the Declaration Intention, following the Lowell, Massachusetts family, right. checking the Orthodox Church records, not only in Dallas and Lowell, you may have to also look at Louisiana with Father Ferentino, I believe, because okay. he did come to Dallas and he was going back and forth and helped establish the Dallas Hellenic uh, Society and the groups there. Thank so, you. and he might have those earlier records when, when your grandparents got married. And that might be why they can't find them in the Dallas Orthodox Church. So those are just a few places, John, that I had for Stephanie as far as for her to go to further. Stephanie, what questions do you have for me? Considering what little information I had on that side of the family, you've done a tremendous job in helping me go forward, I think, with your suggestions. I'll just wait on your notes. You won't get it till Sunday. I'll be down the street knocking on your door. <laughs> yeah, that's, that won't yield very good results because you're just going to have me and the dog. And I and I have I have nothing to do with the nuts and bolts of this stuff. I'm I'm basically a uh, a button pusher. Then I'll wait for Kathleen to yeah. come home. And and yeah, you don't normally have to wait too long because I promise you, she can't put stuff down. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm sure about that. Well, I was going to cook you dinner, but. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Looks like me and the dog are going to be sharing a bowl again. So Again, again. I think that's a wrap up, as John would say. Yep. That's wonderful. Again. Thank you, Kathleen and John. It has been a wonderful time being with you. Great. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Steph. We'll see you around the neighborhood. Tell, give Festus a pat and uh, Kurt a hello. I will do that. Thank okay. you. Thanks Bye-bye. a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Stephanie did not mention mm-hmm. in her intro that she actually has been a volunteer for the National Archives Kansas City branch for years as a transcriber and working with the older records. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. And, th- and that's a volunteer work? It's volunteer work. I have done some too also there. John, did you not know that? No, I don't pay attention to uh, a lot of things. But I think it's remarkable that uh, Stephanie did it. It's, wow. It- <laughs> 
<laughs> I have what? no words just, to say. That's just you making an excuse to uh, be involved or hang out at uh, with a bunch of dusty books. Well, that's true too, and it was a lot of fun. Why don't we? Why don't we uh, close down and let's um, have some lunch or something? Sounds great. Well, congratulations, you've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for staying. Thanks to Stephanie for spending some time with us. Thanks to Chewy Chewbacca Brandt, our part-time printer technician and full-time monkey dog, for his unwavering lack of interest in anything we're doing. The theme song for Hitting the Bricks was written and performed by Tony Fistknuckle and the Hookworms. Watch for their next appearance at midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and of course Buzzsprout. We'd love to hear what you think about the podcast, so stop by our Facebook page at Hitting the Bricks and... Let us know.